right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Jen, don't roll your eyes at me. It is morning here. And as always, I am uh, your host, Adam Smith. Uh, I have not changed my name. <laughs> I don't know why I said it the way that I did. But uh, welcome to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. With us, as always, is our marketing director, Jen Weibor. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. It's going to yes. be one of those mornings, huh? It's it is going to be one of those mornings. <laughs> it feels like a Monday, it no does. question. Um, and we've got a really cool guest for you guys today—a repeat guest. And uh, if you know us and follow our podcast over five years now, six years, five years, this, this uh, five. and you're booked through six. Yes, I am. Okay, um, we have booked the podcast guests weekly through six years. But back to the lecture at hand, we've got a repeat guest for you guys. And if you follow us, you know that uh, you've got to really charm the pants off of Jen to get another spot on our podcast. So welcome back to the show, Michael Schaefer. Michael, even more morning where you are. Oh, Michael, are you with us? Uh-oh, I think we lost Michael. Jen, can you hear me? I can me? see him. Yeah, I see Michael. I cool. Fine. Okay, so the video cast is working. Michael cannot hear us. Um, are you there, Michael? Wow. Okay, so IT stuff going on. It does feel like a Monday for sure now. Uh, well, maybe Michael will get back into the swing here. He's not muted, is he? We didn't uh, mm -mm. accidentally pull him out of the... Um, I see we have the opportunity to ban him from the studio, but let's not do right. that just yet. Um, all right. Well, maybe Michael's audio will get caught back up and he'll hear us or we'll hear him and he can chime in. Um, I was looking back over the previous podcast we did with Michael and he had just moved to California. Yep. And I think we had discussed the fact that he was really contemplating running businesses from both places. Yeah. Yep. Right. Colorado and California. And I'm seeing a whole lot more of that as I'm going through social media and checking out people's Facebook profiles and Insta pages and so on and so forth. I'm seeing a lot of agents kind of doing a dual state thing, whether it's Colorado and California or Colorado and Florida, those kinds of things. And obviously we talk a lot about the mortgage business having a ton of people in it that are licensed in multiple states. Mm -hmm. It's not uncommon, right? And people ask us all the time, hey, we're going to you know, move to Maryland. Can you do our loan? That kind of thing. And obviously there are mortgage companies out there. In fact, some that are owned by close friends and colleagues where they're licensed in many, if not all 50 states, but you work from one location. I sit my butt in my chair and I do my work. Um, I think that's got to be really difficult in real estate. If Michael's back with us, are you there, Michael? He's still not uh, hearing mm -hmm. us or us hearing him. So we'll have to uh, continue to fight those <laughs> tech issues. But Jen, you've got to think that that's a tougher gig in real estate than it is in mortgages. Yeah, I would absolutely think so. I mean, I can't even imagine trying to be super familiar with the market in Pueblo versus the market in Highlands Ranch. Like, well, really. And, and you got to be present in both. Right. Now, right. Pueblo and Denver, there's some drive time there, but it's doable. Right. Right. It's Denver and LA is another animal altogether. 
and hopefully Michael can give us some insight. Now he's messing with his camera. This is actually pretty entertaining. Um, it's strange that we're able to do this and talk about our guest while they can't hear us and we can't hear them. It's kind of fascinating. So, uh, <laughs> Michael, if you're able to rejoin us, then we will certainly have that conversation. I see him shaking his he's head. Gonna try, he's going to try to rejoin from his laptop. Oh, I see him shaking his head some more. Michael, can you hear us? We just can't hear him. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I hear some background noise. Okay, hold oh. on. Maybe All right. Oh, now we're back there online. We, there we so, go. All right. So, Michael, you missed Sorry us introducing about that. you. No, no, you're good. You missed us introducing you, so we're past that. Okay, okay. well. We, we no longer enough, care who I'm the introduced. guest is. <laughs> so we started to discuss where you were the last time we had you on the show. And then we kind of got into the discussion of how in the mortgage space, we see a lot of people doing business in multiple states. But then mm -hmm. in the real estate space, that's got to be a unique challenge because you got to be there. You got to be present. You got to be hands on. Your clients want you to look at houses, preview houses, so on and so forth. And forgive me because we haven't heard word one from you as of yet, <laughs> but you're still doing business here and there? Well, uh, so I am now focused solely here in California, but we do have a team that uh, searched Denver homes in Colorado. So I transitioned out of uh, Denver by about this time last year. So I was working both places for a few months, relying on uh, some people on my team to do on the ground there. Uh, but at this point, I have shifted completely to California. Uh, obviously, when there's things that are coming back and forth, I can you know use our team in in Colorado. They can use me here. But yeah, now i'm I'm focused just on the California market now because, right. like you said, it it is you do have to be there. And the markets are are very different. I mean, they, they, they are just really different markets. Oh, everywhere. Yeah, no question. Are you still seeing an enormous exodus of people leaving California for what they think are greener pastures? Obviously, we had a ton of that here for years prior to the pandemic. More people moving to California from California to Colorado than you could shake a stick at. What's the market like now? You know, so, some of that is... Um, frankly, I think a lot of that is bad data um, because what we are, what we're actually having here is most of the out migration is renters or people that are not homeowner profiles in California. They might be a homeowner profile somewhere else, but when, you know, at our minimum level to get in, most of those people are not homeowners here. So it isn't actually affecting our resale market much at all because those people are still moving here. The people sure. that can afford those homes are still moving here. Where it is affecting things is the rental markets, um, which basically you know, we've had a lot of new multifamily build um, and they're all at high you know, luxury rental price points. So again, it's those higher earners, higher dollars that are coming here. We're also seeing more um, uh, entertainment production coming back in Southern California that had gone everywhere else for the last 20 years. Um, so again, that brings in a different profile of, uh, you know, of person 
um, as far as earning levels uh, brings its own challenges. Entertainment business brings its own challenges because of the nature of the work. I'll bet that's true. Yeah. And, and, and I work with entertainment clients and I used to be in that business. So I, I get it. I understand how that, how that works. And a lot of times there it is about, you know, working with, uh, you know, working with lenders that, that know how to handle that sort of thing, that know how to handle, um, you know, various forms of self-employment. <laughs> Yeah, those are unique forms of self-employment. Uh, we've seen quite a bit of work for professional athletes, not too dissimilar, lots of contractual bases, those kinds of things. Um, obviously, uh, Denver isn't the hub of the entertainment industry by any stretch, uh, but that certainly makes a difference. I'm, I'm willing to bet that our audience would gain a lot of insight about trials and tribulations, solid task load for moving their real estate business. Essentially you did. You basically moved yes. your entire operation with some transition. I was going to say you were probably on the show 15 months ago, 16 months ago, mm -hmm. and you had just gotten to LA. You were legitimately like doing your first inspection. You were sitting right. in your car <laughs> Um, when we did that episode outside the house in Watts, which was my, my first outside sale. house in Watts. Okay. So the doors were locked on the car while we were doing the show. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of overlap a few months and it sounds like, and about mm -hmm. a year ago, you basically went straight for your California business. What would our, what would our audience, what would other real estate agents who need to make a transition, the spouse's primary wager, mm -hmm. we're relocating. Um, I'm getting old and I'm tired of fucking shoveling the snow. Uh, you look at you <laughs> nodding and smiling. You're not shoveling mm. snow there anymore? I am definitely not shoveling snow. All right, All right. fine. <laughs> <clears throat> Bastard. Uh, so <laughs> what kinds of things, you know, did you learn? What kinds of missteps did mistakes oh, did you make so in making much. that transition? So much and so many. Um, well, let's have a Michael Schaefer scared straight program. <laughs> okay. What should well, these people who have to make this move or are thinking about making this kind of move not do? I don't assume that things are going to be immediate. Hmm. Um, don't assume that the way that things work in your market are going to work in, in any other market. Uh, and that, crosses both you know, some things prospecting you know people are people buyers are buyers that isn't necessarily that much different right but it, it, things that you don't even think about like practices in in the industry i mean you know coming from the denver market i mean something as simple as setting up showings in denver it's really easy almost everybody uses a showing service almost everything's on uh you know, on lockboxes, unless it's a uh, you know, luxury level. And it came over to this market and I realized, wow, I have to call or text every agent and meet them there almost every time. Wow. It's far more time consuming. And that could be on a you know, $500,000 uh, know, condo or something or a $10 million house. Um, so much, uh, much more friction. Uh, I would say in a market like this that just, I, and I, and I think the reason it is that way 
here in Los Angeles is just history, just more history. A place like Denver is just, uh, people are more tech forward. People are younger in general. Um, so that's one thing is, is, you know, expect to spend a while figuring it out. Um, as we know, you know, licensing classes don't teach you anything. So of course I had right. to you know, take, take my California exams. So what? That was easy because there really isn't anything different on, on an exam in one right. state than in another necessarily. Yes, absolutely um, no practical application whatsoever. Right. And, and here I did, I had to go through the whole thing. There's no reciprocality. Okay. You know, I had to do 135 hours of, of classes that I already knew. Um, but then with regard to, you know, transitioning the business, I would say that it, it would be if, you know, if I wasn't part of a team that would have, I mean, it almost would have been impossible um, or just had quite a bit of resources um, because it's going to take a while to get, you know, get lead gen flowing, things like that. We're, mo we're primarily online lead gen driven, uh, which just takes time and money. And so, you know, if somebody's trying to do that as an individual, um, they're going to need some wherewithal to do that. Um, you know, databases take a while to mature. It's not like you turn it on and you're immediately selling it's going to take a little bit of time. So, uh, so yeah, I think that, that you know, some of the mistakes, you know, thinking that things were going to come about quicker than they were. Um, also, you know, not, uh, you know, not being in the market yet. Um, I've actually switched offices, uh, switched, uh, still within Keller Williams, but I, I switched from one office to another um, because I didn't necessarily make the right choice at, at the time, didn't know enough. Um, so you have to be willing to adapt. That, that, I think that's really key, is be willing to adapt, be really willing to learn, um, do things like, you know, I hadn't gone, you know, you know, in Denver, I was working there for a long time, I didn't have to go to broker opens and stuff to learn the inventory, here I did. Um, and not to mention just geography, depending on where you're going. If you're transitioning to a smaller market, okay, well, there's you know, a little bit less that you're going to have to figure out. Transitioning to a market where there's you know, 12 million people in the metro area and massive geography, there's just a lot to learn. Even though I, I had lived here for years and years and years, but I wasn't in the real estate space at the time. So a lot of it is reminiscent of you starting brand new. We, we understand that in it's a marathon, ways, not a sprint. It's a career, not a job. And you've got to bring that same mentality that you brought when you were new that, yeah, it's not a spigot. You just turn it off. You've got to build up your contact database. You've got to build up your audience. You've got to lay groundwork. You've got to plant seeds that will eventually bloom. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. there is one thing that you had mentioned that kind of has me a little perplexed, although I think there might sure. be some redundancy in my personal experience. You had mentioned the technology, right? And mm -hmm. certainly as a nation, maybe even globally, we think American technology and we immediately think California, right? And maybe that's a relic <laughs> yeah. from when I was a kid, Silicon Valley, so on and so forth. But I do remember saying repeatedly for years and years that the agents in Colorado don't know how good they have it with CTME. 
absolutely it is an amazing platform <laughs> but i was and jen will probably have a better handle on my calendar than i do but i was in san francisco for a day to have lunch with some friends uh lindsay and brady if you're uh watching or listening um and at the time you were still required to show proof of vaccination to go into those public areas in those indoor public areas in san francisco mm-hmm and I pull out my phone and I open my call my the my Colorado app. Sure, there's my vaccination card. Okay, prove that's you. I need your ID. Swipe. Mm-hmm. There's my ID. And the, the the guy at the door and my two colleagues who are wearing their you know uh, their vax cards around their neck on a lanyard are looking at me stunned. Like, and, and I'm like, what? Like, this is so cool. And I'm like, how does California not have <laughs> this technology? How is Colorado so far ahead of the game with something like that? When, of course, as a kid, I always thought California was the tech capital of the world, certainly of the nation. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there are some things that are lacking and, there. And, um, and, we, and we do have that, by the way. <laughs> okay. We do so. now. We we've had that for uh, well since vaccinations became a thing, I guess. All right. Uh, All but right. Uh, you know, it, it, with technology, like you mentioned, CTMA, I mean the the systems here are just not even close to to as good as some of those. Um, and and then some some of it's not actually just the systems too. Just just MLS. What do, you, what do you as a listing agent have to put in MLS as far as information? In the Denver RE Colorado market, there is what, 50, 100 required items. You have to list out the rooms and where they are in the house and all of that. Here, I see listings that have literally no information in them. <laughs> just address, about, just about nothing. Occasionally, they don't even have an address. But <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually not kidding. <laughs> but it, it, it's uh, that actually, I think, has more to do with the profile. Uh, well, it has, it has to do with a couple of things. MLS boards. Um, here, there are dozens and dozens of them. You go two feet and it's, you're, and it's a different board. Now, they're all feeding into a reciprocal MLS. But the board, you know, there's there's got to be 200 boards in California, 300 boards. Wow. And 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 they all hate each other. And so you end up with, you know, you just go 10 miles over and practices are different. Um, and then there's also a lot of, um, you know, I think language barriers um, are more of an issue here um, where we definitely have a lot of communities that are, you know, very heavily you know, one language or another. I think there's, you know, 200 different languages spoken in LA. Um, so sometimes that impacts things too when you're working with, a, with, with other agents um, that may, you know, not, uh, you know, not be as fluent Well, it's, it's not their first language. Or a second or third. Or, <laughs> okay. fair enough. I've got to assume a lot of that has to do with the population. I mean, you said it yourself, yes. the area, the LA metro area is, triple the size of the Denver metro area. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to assume that that includes real estate agents. How many are there? Um, I have no idea. Okay. Um, be, be, because I, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't worry about it. They can take care of themselves. I'll take care of myself. Yeah, but it's just <laughs> a lot of, it's just a lot of information to wrangle. It is. And actually where I find that, uh, you know, the, the biggest challenges in that. Uh, especially because I and my team work a wide geography, 
um, is having all of that sort of micro market knowledge. And what I, what I've always done in the past, what I've had to do a lot more here is learn how to really assess and learn a micro market within 30 minutes. And if you, you know, basically what I do with that is when I have, you know, I have a buyer or, or a seller in a certain area. Okay, great. I'm going to learn everything about that area. And now I know it for the next time because nobody in this town can know everything. It's Relate just that back to me in a language we speak. What are we talking about when it comes to a micro market, say Wash Park? Is that a micro market? Uh, I mean, I would call Wash Park like a micro, micro, micro market. Okay. Like that, that is you know, very sharply targeted. You know, I would, you know, in a Denver, I would include, you know, I mean, you know, Baker and those areas. Okay. It's all sort of the same. So here, you know, what, you know, when I talk about a, uh, you know, micro market, it might be, um, you know, Santa Monica, north of Montana. That is a specific market. Or where I'm sitting right now in Los Feliz, uh, Los Feliz has a couple of micro markets. Uh, it, it, often here, it's north of the boulevard, south of the boulevard, just in, in the different areas, okay. and, and and they and they can be very different. Um, so again, it's it's about learning you know specifically what that is. We also have a broad range of uh, you know a very broad range of prices within a ten minute drive of me. I could find homes. Uh, let's just say single family as low as. Seven hundred thousand, right? As, we figured as, as high as forty million within wow. a so, ten-minute drive of you. Within a ten-minute drive of me, and that doesn't get you very far in South uh, in Southern California, right? <laughs> it pretty much <laughs> gets true. me from here to my house, which is just across the neighborhood. So walking um, distance, <laughs> yeah, literally within walking distance, the houses could range from seven hundred k to forty million. Right now, those forty millions are probably in the hills, so walking can be a little little, little bit tough at those places right. sometimes. But yeah, uh, I'm yeah. guessing you haven't done the Manitou incline. Oh, <laughs> I I have actually. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, just a broad range of you know both types of homes. The other thing is that things are things are uh, you know, obviously you know Denver's at the, at the foothills of the mountains, but Denver's pretty flat. The oh, topography yeah. is the topography is pretty stable there. Oh, yeah. Here, it, it it's also more difficult to comp because we've got a lot of hills and those hillside lots. Oh, they, you know, they those hills separate yeah. pockets it, like it's unreal. Right. Well, and, and and just costs. I mean, you could you know you could get a teardown and build in the flats for. You know, I don't know, maybe you're building at 600 a square foot or something like that, selling at 1,000 a square foot. But in the hills, your build cost in, in some places might be $2,000 a square foot. Wow. Because you're wow. having to do caissons 60 feet down. You know, there's, there's a lot of other things that go into it here. It, it's been great to learn those things. Um, you know, that's one of the exciting things about moving to, to a different market. Now I would never, I would not recommend it just for a, Hey, I want to move somewhere. I mean, it was, you know, this was about a, a personal you know, relocation back to the city I wanted to be in that, that I had been away from for a while, but I also lived here for many, many years. So going to someplace completely fresh, um, that's going to take even more time. At least I already knew Los Angeles. I had been here for years and years. I'd gone to school here. Um, and had some network here too. That that helps as well. That helps, no question. So let's rewind a little further. 
What kind of prep work did you do to make this move? Uh, a lot. Um, <laughs> well, and, and so what, one of the things that this was one of those, uh, you know, COVID um, you know, benefits of COVID was that when we hit that lockdown point in March of 2020 was right at the time when I was sort of starting to be able to, okay, now we're going to make this transition. So I got to use lockdown to take, take my licensing exams to start you know, through that year to start uh, finding the right brokerage, which like I said, I actually, I actually didn't. I, I, I love how it worked out because I got to get my feet wet in one place, then come into uh, the place where I am now um, at Keller Williams Los Feliz that is great. Like I came in with a lot more knowledge. Um, but yeah, so I was taking Zoom meetings with, with, with people out here, um, talking to, you know, different uh, agents, brokers uh, here during, you know, during that pandemic time, it actually worked out well. Um, and especially because things were far more locked down here than in Denver. So I was still, I was going to, you know, I was in Denver, you know, by the, by what, June of 2020, things were cooking. We were, you know, we were selling, we were out there, um, but California wasn't. So I actually used it to my advantage where, okay, I could be in Colorado in 2020 and be working on that preparation, talking to people here, having Zoom meetings, things like that, and just reading, learning the markets. Okay. Okay, that's um really practical, tactical kind of activity to make that move. And, you know, the rest of us are really kind of living in, you know, what I would describe as a more virtual world that way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can pretty much do my work from anywhere. And my clients don't want to see me. They don't even want me. They just want my money. Right? <laughs> right. That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that one always cracked me up. And I still get that question a lot from uh, younger loan originators. Um, do you go to your closings? No, they don't want me there. They just want the money there. Just make sure the money is there. They don't care about that. Realtors Ten don't even go to closings here. Oh, that's interesting. We, we interesting. Don't well, well, we, don't, I, we don't have closings. Well, and yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> let's describe the difference because California is an escrow state. Right. Um, so there are some things that are unique about that. And I've done some work in California. So uh, it was really a weird transition going the opposite direction. Um, but buyers don't meet sellers. Yeah. You know, we're not passing the keys across the closing table. That kind of thing. So, yeah, there are some unique nuances between wet states and dry states. Uh, table funding states and escrow mm -hmm. states. Um, so yeah, that's certainly one of those unique pieces of the puzzle, no question. And an extra day to close because we have, we have to wait for recording here. Ah, <laughs> also yeah, I've, uh, if memory serves, escrow periods usually like forty eight seventy two hours from the time it, everybody kind of gets the ball, the closing oh. ball rolling to the time you're done. Yeah, t typically. I mean, w what happens here, which is a little different, is just when everything's ready, whenever everything's ready, the escrow calls the, uh, you know, calls the clients, says, where do you want me to send the notary? And they send the notary out. And then once those documents are back and funding is in, then they send it to title to record and it records the following day. And then you're and then you're closed. So it's just a matter of when escrow has all those documents and when funding happens. Things are a little looser here, though. We tend to see more um, more closings slip by a day or two than they do in Colorado. Hmm. And we also don't. You know, we have uh, with that. 
Um, we don't actually have specific dates in the same way because like with contingencies, they have to be affirmatively, affirmatively released by the buyer. So it's not like, oh, we got past you know, September 22nd, which was our inspection objection date, like in Colorado. And, oh, it's September 23rd. Sorry, you can't, accept, you know, can't, can't object anymore. Here, if we didn't release the contingency and they didn't give us a demand to do it, contingency can stay in place throughout the whole escrow. Interesting. And that's on the listing agent to make sure that those things are happening. And often they don't. Interesting. All right, Dan, I know we're going to run over. I see you, um, but I'm not done. So let's get Michael All right. On All right. Michael, what's the best thing about making the move? What's the highlight for you? Um, being back in Southern California. <laughs> that, that's, that's the highlight. Um, you know, the other thing is, uh, you know, I will say that, you know, some interesting, uh, you know, interesting clients, uh, interesting leads. I, I have, uh, I'll tell you one, you know, one thing I have had three leads now in the last few months um, that, you know, when talking to them, I could tell that they were actually being online scammed by somebody because they believed that they were engaged to one of, you know, a celebrity. And so sometimes you have to weed out the crazies a little bit more here. Um, and that's kind of fun. <laughs> Um, but also things like, you know, I just, uh, you know, I had, uh, had a couple I sold to, uh, earlier this year, um, who was fantastic, you know, came in through my normal online lead generation, worked with them for several months as they were relocating. Um, turns out their, uh, their son is a very well-known celebrity. Um, and so, you know, got to meet him. He was involved in the purchase. I mean, there are just, just some things that happen a little differently here. You know, like we, you know, we were literally standing on the corner in front of a house where we're looking at and he's you know, being recognized on the street. That doesn't happen as much in other markets. So always fun. Yeah, that's cool. I'll bet that that's true. Um, and Jen, I mean, you don't experience this either. We, uh, I don't know that it's any secret, but for those of you that don't know, Jen does do a whole bunch of side gig stuff. You want to talk about the woman who embraces multiple streams of income. <laughs> and one of that is you've been a VA and a marketing assistant forever, like since you hit adulthood. Yep. And you have clients all over the country. I do. Uh, you I do. still have clients in Maine. My longest client is in Maine. Yeah. Right? And so this is so unique to us because literally I could do my job day in, day out, planted with my fat butt in this chair and never have to do anything differently. And here you are covering this enormous area, having to cover parts of Colorado and parts of California simultaneously a year yeah. ago. Yeah, it's just so foreign to us. But yeah. But Michael, thank you. I know that absolutely uh, really the, it's i don't know it's exciting stuff for us because it's like uh, a life that we don't lead and <laughs> never want to um so yeah uh that i'm locking my doors to do an interview while i'm sitting in my car in watts um, <laughs> not, uh, a little bit to me it's just going back to I, I i i worked at a talent agency years and years ago so i've always i've been in that world forever um and so it's a little bit of a coming home to to be you know to be back a little bit in in that world and and I love working with you know actors and writers and and all of that. That's cool. It, you mean, you mean uh, servers and dishwashers? 
Uh, no, no um, my, that's my, an my, old Hollywood my, joke too. Well, they usually were at one point. My girlfriend's an actress, and certainly, yeah, she was a you know, yeah. There were times when she was a server, but yeah, not many years. But only because <laughs> back then Uber didn't exist. True. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in the modern era, we'd all be doing that. Um, all right, yes. so Ben, I know that you've got all kinds of other things going on, and you probably want to spill some beans about things like Mastermind. All right, well, tell us what's cooking in Jen's world and what you want the audience to know about these days. Yeah, Mile High Mastermind is like three weeks away, which is absolutely insane. No, that's not true, because it's when it's at the end of summer. It's like at the beginning mm-hmm. of fall. Yeah, it's August 22nd, Adam. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, right. which is even crazier because then I'm going to Europe right after that. So I can't believe that that is happening so soon either. But about three weeks to Mile High Mastermind, September 16, 17 at the University of Denver. Um, we're doing some more panels this year, which is fun. We're doing, you know, a panel on TikTok and Reels. I'm going to walk people through how to really use the business suite to their advantage for social media posting. Adam's going to talk about contact management, going to pull out some of that OG content that he's been doing forever. Um, so yeah, September 16, 17, you can figure out how to get tickets by texting tips to 63566. Uh, there's lots of information there, including how to get a copy of Adam's book. Oh, Just the tips. Not a cat sitting on there's the book this week. There's not a cat sitting on we it We all get week. to see the book. Yeah, Got it. Yeah. The cats are hiding, which is odd. I'm a little afraid. That's uh, <laughs> they're plotting. <laughs> That's probably The, the odds of your cats killing you is slim, but never zero. It's true. Yeah. But you can also get all the episodes of the show. I mean, I can't can't believe we're in season five. Um, The weekly little tip is at the text code. You can book a free hour of coaching with us. Basically everything related to just the tips you can get by texting tips to 63566. All the things. All the things. Cool. Well, Michael, thank you. Thank you. We love having you on the show. We get a little peek into life in Southern California and as it develops for you in particular. We'll uh, have you back again, hopefully in the not too distant future. I'd uh, love to. Jen nodding like, yeah, it's distant future, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's true. laughs> I'm it's always true. amazed at how far you guys can manage to book out. It's um, intense. You know, well, and I blame Jen for that. I don't know exactly what she did when she took the podcast to a new level, but there was like months and months of 9,000% increases in listenership. And now all of a sudden we uh, don't have any problem finding guests for the show. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so yeah. And it's really cool. And uh, Jen, if they want to be a guest on the show, that text code will steer them in that direction as well. I think. Yep. Just all reach right. out to me. All right. But Michael, thank you. Uh, I know that it's uh, tough to carve out this kind of time on a Monday morning, particularly in your gig. Uh, so we eh, do really, not a bad really way to get it. into the week. So. <laughs> no, and I promise our audience is going to gain some serious insight from really seeing into the life of what these transitions look like. Great. That's I hope so. Bullshit. Yeah. All right. So for the rest of you, uh, thanks for tuning in either live or in syndication, either video or the podcast. And do know that we do this roughly every week, probably cranking out 45 episodes a year, Monday mornings at 1030 Mountain Time. And you can tune in next time. Other than that, you guys all have a great week and we'll see you then.